Welcome to Kingdom Insight with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to help you discover treasures and truth from God's Word and also give you deeper insights and understanding of the character and nature of God. Here is your host, Dr. Kazumba Charles. Thank you very much for joining me once again as we continue to look at uh, the book of uh, Romans. We looked at uh, the introduction. If you haven't watched that, I encourage you to go and watch. And then we moved on to look at the background of uh, the book of Romans, why Paul was writing and to whom he was writing to. And now today we're going to begin to dive into the depth of the book of Romans. And uh, it is important, like I said, and I I've said this in uh, the previous episodes it's important for us to study the Word of God in its context because it brings just such a richness of God it brings uh, the richness of the Word of God so on today's program we're gonna God and we're gonna look at uh, spiritual gifts and uh, loving others because uh, spiritual gifts and loving others they go hand in hand you can't serve in the kingdom of God without love your gift is meant to function in love as Paul is going to explain in the book of Romans now before we begin quickly here let's just declare the presence of God let's just declare the glory of God over us today father we declare your presence we declare your omnipotent presence over us we thank you father for your grace and your mercy and your goodness of God we worship and honor you and glorify your and magnify you that you alone are God and we uh, we take delight in your name for your name is our salvation your name is our healing your name is our restoration and we thank you Jesus in Jesus's name we pray amen and amen uh, people of God let's look at Paul as Paul begins to share concerning uh, spiritual gifts and loving others here is where we, we we pick off paul in romans chapter 12 verse 3 to 8 explains what it means to live in complete submission to christ what does it mean to live in in total or complete submission to christ let's read that because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, don't think you are better than you really are. That is a very, very powerful point is making as he's going to begin to outline the functionality of each and every gift. Paul is saying to the Romans, because remember the context here, he is speaking to the Jewish believers as well as uh, the gentile believers the two are the two distinct background the one would think we are better than the other one the other one would think because now we have been grafted into the family of god we are better than the other one so paul is giving them a charge here to say don't think you are better than the other person don't think you are better than you ought to think and then he says here be honest in your evaluation of yourselves 
measuring yourself measuring measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you God has given us by the faith God has given us the faith to operate measure yourself by the faith God has given you to operate and by your gift now let's continue here and then it says just as our bodies have many parts and each part has special function so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now look at this here. My hand cannot say it is uh, better than my mouth. My mouth cannot say it is better than my feet. Because first of all, my hand needs to be used to put food into my mouth. My mouth then needs to swallow that food to put it into the belly to help me. So my hand cannot say um, uh, it is better than my mouth and my mouth cannot say it is better than my feet. It is part of the same body doing the same thing to do service to me to go and do what I need to do. So the same thing here as Paul is addressing this, uh, this functionality of the gifts, he is trying to address you not better just because you come from a different culture. You are better at what you do and continue to, be, to do well at what you do and let others do well in their department let's continue here in chapter 12 verse uh three here so he says uh, so it is with Christ's body we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other meaning uh, my gift belongs to you your gift belongs to me my gift do not belong to me because it is given for me to serve you your gift does not belong to you it is given to you to serve me and to serve others so this is key right here because Paul is breaking down the spirit of pride Paul is breaking down the spirit of self-importancy. Paul is breaking down what brings division. He is saying, I have, God has gifted you so that you can do well at what you do, but you know better than the other person because them too, they have a gift that you need. Now look at how he continues here. He says in 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I love that. For doing certain things well. It doesn't say for doing all things well. It says for doing certain things well. Now, me here preaching to you, if my camera guys are not good, you won't get the good sound and the quality of the sound. So I need my sound guy, my sound technician to help me put this thing together. And I need my videographer to capture this. So they are all as important as my message right now because they are playing a key role and a key part in having this discussion or this teaching. So you begin to understand God has called you to do well at what you do with excellency. That is the kingdom of God. You do well and you do well and you do well at what God has called you. But you are not better than the other person also because God has given them certain abilities to do well. Let me give you an example, especially in marriage. This is a very common. You find that the husband may be strong at this and he does well this and the wife she doesn't do well at that 
uh, she doesn't do well, maybe she doesn't know how to cook or something like that, uh, or she doesn't know just how to do certain things. It doesn't mean that she is less important and you have to divorce her based on that because uh, even when you go and get another wife, guess what? She'll be good at one thing, she won't be good at another thing. That is how God has just brought order. God is a God of order. He has given us certain abilities so that we can function in those abilities, but he has given other people certain abilities so that they can function in those abilities. So the same with the church. God has given abilities that are very important. We are all saving the kingdom of God. Now look at this here as we continue. He says this, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Well, this, these are biblically sound prophets. It's not talking about uh, the prophets who have their own agenda and opinion of seeing things. Uh, if you look at uh, today right now, many prophets have failed. Many prophets actually uh, uh, missed it, missed all Big Mac. Why? Because most of us want to hear prophecies that are prophesied from man's opinion and man's desire that tickle our ears. Most of the prophecies that God would prophesy can scare you, can scare you, uh, can scare your pants. Why? Because God is accurate in what he says. Now look at this here. It says, uh, if your gift is uh, saving others, save them well. If your gift is to just save others, save them well, because what you're doing is actually godly and biblical, and God is delighted in what you do. Why? Because you are doing your function. My hand is doing its function. The moment one of the fingers or one thing goes wrong, I have to go to the doctor because uh, the whole pain will be in my body. How have the chills and the shivers and whatever, but they need to correct that. That is how in the body of Christ it is all about. If you don't function in your gift, if you don't learn how to function in your gift, if you don't know the purpose of your gift, and if you don't know you have a, a gift, by the way, then the body of Christ suffer. So before you condemn anybody who is not doing anything, my question to you is, are you functioning in the abilities that God has called you to? Are you functioning in the gift that God has given you? You may not be a preacher like myself, but you have a greater gift that is better and greater than even mine. Why? Because God has oiled you. He has anointed you to do certain things well. Oh, praise be to God. Look at this here. It says, uh, if you are a teacher, teach well. Teach well. Go study. Don't just pull some things on the, off of the internet. Look into the word of God. Pray and teach well. Teach the word of God. Not teach your own agenda. Teach the word of God well. When you're done, you should look back and say, I taught well. It says here, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I like that. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. You know how you can be encouraging even without uttering the word? The way you look, the way you dress, the way you do things, you can be encouraging. The way you post all those, your posts on your social media, you can be encouraging. So be encouraging in every turn of your life and do it well. Encourage people. I have people that just calls me up and they say they're praying for me. They just encourage me to continue doing the work of God. 
You see, encourage, be encouraging. And then it continues. If your gift is to, if, if, if it is giving, give generously. If it is giving, if it is, do you, you know, this is a powerful gift right here. If your gift is to give, give generously, give well. I'm so thankful for those who have supported this ministry, who sponsor this ministry. Because of their generosity, we are here sharing the word of God. I don't have to manipulate the word of God to get some funds because you have a gift of giving well and you give to our ministry. Thank you so much. Look at this here. It says that if God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. Take the responsibility seriously. If God has given you the ability to do to, of leadership, take the responsibility seriously. Be a leader in another way. Be a leader and lead by example. That is what this is all about. Lead by example. And then it continues here. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others and do it gladly, let me tell you something. It's a gift to be kind and that gift needs to be prayed up for many people. We need that gift of kindness. Be kind in your words. Be kind in everything you do. Be kind in every turn of your life. We can be kind. It's a gift of God. A leader who has no kindness in his heart is not a leader called by the kingdom of God. They are self-serving. It says here, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Don't just pretend you love other people. Don't just pretend you love other backgrounds. And then uh, in, 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 in hiding, you, you, you talk about them. It says that if you love other people, love them. Hate what is wrong. You can hate what is wrong. You don't have to like what is wrong. But hold it tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. That is the kingdom of God. Take delight in honoring each other. I honor your gift. I honor you as a person. Uh, you may not have what I have, but I know you have what I don't have. I honor you. The kingdom of God is a culture of uh, honor. So Paul is teaching the Jewish people of that day, the Jewish believers and the Gentiles, to understand the, the purposes of the gifts, the purposes of the gifts is not for one to feel like they're superhero. No one is a superhero. It is about saving one another. And it says here, it is about honoring one another. When we serve and we serve well, we are honoring one another. We are honoring each other to do what is right. So by using the spiritual gifts to save others, we are actually demonstrating the character and the nature of God and also giving a testimony of the salvation that we have experienced as outlined by Paul in the book of Romans. By genuinely loving others, Paul says, uh, use your spiritual gift also by genuinely loving others and be a good citizen. It says that in Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 14, be a good citizen, the citizen of the nation, the citizen of your country. 
Freedom must be guided by love. You see, any freedom that is not guided by love, guided in love, it is not freedom. I can't just go and start breaking things and everything like that because I have to have in my mind the love for those people who have those businesses that I'm going to go and rack up. That is not love. To demonstrate and go and destroy all these other stuff, it is not love by, by, by any means. It says here, uh, 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 love as we build each other up in the faith, being sensitive and helpful to those who are weak. Now, you got to know also this. There may be people that are weaker than you in faith because they're just trying to learn how to do these things. You don't have to condemn them. Paul is saying that. You don't have to, you know, to blast them off. You got to help them. That is why God has given us all those gifts to bring everybody, uh, everybody up to where, to the standard of where God wants to bring us up. Now look at this. And then he dives back into unity. He talks about freedom. He talks about the spiritual gifts, loving others. And then Paul goes into unity because uh, the purpose of your gift is to unite the body. Remember, he gave a demonstration of the body, the hands, uh, the feet, and everything. They are not separate from each other. And then he begins to talk about what? Unity. We are united in purpose. We are united in focus. Nobody is a threat to you, no matter how powerful they may preach nobody's a threat to you why we are here to do the same thing for each other for the sake of the kingdom of God he says that in Romans in Romans chapter 15 verse 5 to 3 Paul stresses unity especially between Gentiles and uh, Jews he concludes his message by reviewing his reason for writing outlining his personal plans Greeting his friends and giving a few final thoughts and greetings from his uh, traveling companions. As we study the book of Romans, we are to re-examine our commitment to Christ and revive our relationship with other believers in Christ, uh, in, in the body of Christ. This is the reason why Paul is talking about here. And then he dives in. He says, a Paul, a slave of Christ, Jesus Christ. And that is where we're going to dig into. Uh, 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 we're going to begin looking at here. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, here is how he describes himself. Paul, a slave of Christ, Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the good news of God. Now, you see, he begins with uh, say, describing himself as a slave of Christ Jesus. And then he puts the title of an apostle because he functions in that apostolic mandate. That's why he's writing this later. He's concerned. An apostle is concerned over the people. Now look at here. Paul calls himself a slave. Why? That is a very good question we need to answer and to look at. Paul, the, uh, sorry, the Greek word for slave is uh, doulos, which is often mistranslated in most Bibles as a servant or bond servant. The Hebrew word ebed or ebed, E-B-E-D, really means a slave. 
But the English Bible renders it seventh. Some of your translation would say seventh. Where the word is used figuratively, pious men being servants of the Lord. E.g., for example, sorry, uh, Isaiah 20 verse, uh, verse 3. Now, you got to understand here, Paul is not referring himself here to a pious servant. A pious servant that they make, go do this, uh, go do this, go do that. That's not what Paul is referring to here. But to a slave of Jesus Christ or of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A slave was owned, bought for a price, received no wages, and could not quit while a servant could quit, got paid, and was free person. Look at that distinction. A slave was owned, bought for a price, received no wages, could not quit. Paul is referring to himself as a slave, as a bond slave, or sorry, as a slave of Jesus Christ, meaning he is in this and he is not quitting. Remember, Paul is going to be beat up as he preaches the gospel, but Paul did not give up. He's, he's, he's a slave of the cross. He has given his life to serve. He can't quit. He is the slave of the cross. He is the slave of the gospel. Meaning he preaches nothing but the good news of the kingdom of God. He's given his life to preaching uh, the good news of the kingdom of God. A servant could quit, but Paul could not quit. So Paul gave himself up to God as a property, as a slave. He had given up everything to say, I will follow God. Just like a slave, like I said, a slave was sold. They had no rights. They could not quit. They could not run away. They were sold for a price and they could not give up. A servant, in another way, who is hired, can run away if the pay is not good. So Paul gave himself up to God as a property who was owned by God, bought for a price, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, and set apart to proclaim the good news or the revelation of the righteousness of God. So Paul understood his calling. Paul understood his mission. Paul understood what God was calling him to do. And he says, I am a slave of the cross. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. And then uh, that apostle thing came after because he, his apostolic mission was to serve. His apostolic mission was not for people to come and bow at his feet. was to serve people at their feet. And that is the difference with our title seeking generation where we look at the all these titles so that people can look at me as an apostle an apostle an apostle an apostle are you serving to be an apostle are you serving as, a, as an apostle because even an apostle is a servant that's what Paul says here Jesus himself took the form of a slave as well Jesus himself took a form of a slave I can show you that in uh, Philippians uh, let me talk you to Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 let's just look at this here the master himself, he was to serve as well. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7, it says this, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, Jesus, and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, you know, even Jesus himself, he picked up a position of a slave. 
to serve mankind. He washed the feet of his disciples. He redeemed mankind. That was his purpose. The king of kings. The king of all glory. The king himself served. Look, this is a, a delegated authority. When you are an apostle it, or whatever title, it doesn't mean you have to control the people. But you serve from that apostolic mandate of the anointing of God. You serve people. So Paul is saying, I am a slave. I am a slave. Paul reminded Christians that you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Paul referring himself to a slave because again we know a slave was bought. Paul understood, I am not of my own. I have been bought by the price. And that price was the blood of Jesus Christ. You can look that up in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Now we understand where man also was a slave. It's either you are a slave of Jesus Christ or you are a slave of uh, sin. Man was a slave to sin, but through the blood of Jesus, he has been redeemed at a price. The death of Jesus now, because of the death of Jesus, now he must willingly submit himself to be a slave of God, saving God alone. This is a good servanthood. It is a sold out heart that is sold out for God. You see, there are many people that say, I am for God, I'm following God. But when the going gets tough, then they begin to drop it. They begin to run away from the calling of God. They begin to question God. Listen, people of God, you haven't given your life to God. This Bible calls us to give our all, to give our life, to give everything up for the sake of the kingdom of God, to pursue the kingdom of God with everything within you, within with your heart. To pursue this God with everything. Not a half-hearted Christianity. Not a half-hearted, uh, you know, uh, pursuit of, uh, of, of God. God is calls us to pursue him as if it's a slave that is owned. Owned by the blood of Jesus. Owned by the spirit of God. Everything God I desire to do is to just to do the will of God. So Paul understood the principle so well that he called himself a slave of uh, Messiah Jesus Christ. He was a slave to his master Jesus and to his message, the good news. Are you a slave to the message of the kingdom of God? Are you a slave to the message of the kingdom of God? One prophet in the Bible said, uh, uh, Jeremiah said, I quit talking about God. I will never preach about God because he was being, uh, being, being what? Being beaten up everywhere. But uh, he said, uh, oh, I can't quit because it's like fire shut up in my bones. Why? Because uh, yeah, he was sold to the word of God. Are you sold to the word of God? Are you a slave to preach just the gospel? Of Jesus Christ not man's manipulation not man's ideas not man's stuff a slave to preach what the Word of God says I am a born I mean I'm a slave to the gospel I will only preach the gospel oh Lord how we need many men and women of God to begin to teach the Word of God and to dedicate their lives to teaching that word not any other uh, religion stuff that we've been throwing out there. Uh, we need to get back to the word. 
So he was a slave to his master, Paul. He understood and he was a slave to the message of the good news of the kingdom. Even when he was lashed out, even when he was beaten for the, for the sake of the gospel, he wasn't going to quit. He wasn't going to give up because it was sold. He had the cross. That's why the Bible says, take your own cross, meaning let, let the gospel be all that you are. All Christians are saints. Why? Because we have been sanctified by Jesus Christ, by the sovereign call of God, and we have been set apart for God's use, just like Israel was set apart. All Christians, because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, stand before God as his holy uh, people. Next week, we're going to continue in our next episode. We're going to continue to look at the importance of the book of Romans. Today, we're going to end right here. But I don't want to go without, uh, you know, asking you this question. If this uh, message has impacted you. If this message has uh, really ingrained in you the idea of who God is and why God has given us the gifts and, and everything, the unit and everything. I want you to continue next week as we look at the importance of the book of Romans to you, to me, and to the body of Christ. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for watching Kingdom Insight. Dr. Kazumba Charles has written some powerful and insightful books that will help you discover treasures and truth of God's Word and also give you a deeper understanding of the unchanging character of God. For a love gift of $20, our office will send you one of the following books written by Dr. Kazumba Charles. The Parables of the Kingdom, Revisiting the Foundations, The Weapon of Forgiveness, or Discovering the Power of God in You. Please go to www.kazumbacharles.org to give your love gift. Your love gift will enable Dr. Kazumba Charles to continue to preach the good news of the kingdom. Thank you for your generosity.